Yeah. Yeah. That sucked. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time. Once again, as always, for Locked On Ducks, I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thanks so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks. Please like, comment, subscribe if you haven't already, wherever you're listening to or watching this show, so that we can all get through that game together. Today's episode brought to you by Sling TV. Sling TV has got the TV you want for a price that you will love. This week's matchup against the Utes inside Autzen Stadium again is there go try sling tv today all right yep let's talk about it let's get it all out let's just let's just vent about it shall we this is right after the game just got home if you're watching on youtube you can see i came from uh the southern utah basketball gym where i was broadcasting a game stuck with the suit you guys liked it trying to give you something that you like because i know you didn't like that game i know you didn't like that game and i'll be straight with you duck fans as I always have been, and I always will be. That is my number one promise to all of you. I will always be super straight with you. Number one, this is a stream of consciousness pod because that's what this sort of game deserves. Just a raw emotional reaction so that we can all get it out, get through it together, move on and recognize that there are still a lot of things to play for in the season, though not as many as there were going into that game. And that number two, I didn't like that game either. I didn't like a lot of things that I saw in that game. Let's start with why Oregon lost that game. I do not want to see, I'm sure I will, but I don't want to see a single comment, not one, not a single comment that mentions the officials unless you have first outlined that that is the worst Oregon defensive performance since Brady Hoke was the DC and he got fired. I'm not saying Tosh Lupoi should be. I'm saying they need some real, real hardline look at what's going on on that side of the ball. Because if you think that the top reason Oregon lost this game was because they kicked it onside and didn't recover this time because they went for it on fourth down in their own territory and Noah Whittington slipped, I would have liked to see Bucky Irving in that situation. Or if you think it's because the Ducks didn't convert in the red zone the way they should have, whatever, like, like whatever it was, it's the defense. It's the defense, it's the defense, it's the defense. That's reason number one, two, and three. You are at home. You are at home. It is one thing to allow some big plays and more points than you should at Washington State. You're on the road. You're at home defense. You got to be better than that. You got to be way better than that. Penix had what, 700 yards passing? Let me pull up the final stats here. I think it was 400, which was like a record for a quarterback in an Oregon-Washington game. I I mean, there's no, you cannot have any conversation about anything. Offense, injury, play call, tie toss, nothing. You have to start on the defense. It was abysmal, absolutely abysmal. Penix, 26 of 35 for 408 yards and two touchdowns. Oregon in this game, here's an amazing stat. (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh it's painful it's painful you had 200 yard rushers they ran for 312 yards and lost the football game washington deserves some credit here 
It's a good football team. They're way better than I thought, quicker. This is what I thought they could be in year two. But the Boers turned them around. They do a lot of things well. They run the ball just well enough, but not great. Their defense stiffened up in a couple key spots, notably in the red zone. But Oregon lost that game far more than Washington won it. And Penix made a heck of a throw, but Bennett Williams, what was that angle, man? That was that was not it. Yeah, it was a frustrating game. It's it's a really frustrating game. And every amount of frustration in that game is compounded by the fact that it was Washington and it was Washington at home. Like, that makes it much, much worse. Much worse. It does. You can't hide from that fact. We shouldn't. It's more fun when we beat Washington, isn't it? It's a lot more fun to beat the Huskies as we have for, I don't even know, 15 of the last 18, whatever it is now. I don't know. It's been a lot of Oregon wins. Each one of those wins feels a lot more fun than when we've beaten Cal, who we've dominated too, right? It's just the way it is. This is the other side of the coin. Every football team, every football program goes through this stuff. You lose games that you should win, that you really want to win. And now you circle that Oregon State game a little bit more. Because you never want to lose the Huskies and the Beavs in the same season. I don't think they will. But, yeah, that wasn't fun. Let's talk about that defense. What did I say on Friday was my number one concern. That Oregon needed to get a pass rush or Penix will sit there and pick you apart. I don't know if Penix was sacked. Every time we had a free rusher at him, we ran in a different direction. And Penix sat there. He patted the ball, took a sip of hot chocolate to warm his hands up a little bit, re-gripped the ball, adjusted his fingers on the laces. Seeds, darts, lasers, missiles. Bunch of other words for my play-by-play vocabulary that I could use to describe what he was doing. He was really good. He threw an interception on the one-yard line, and he was still really good. And the Oregon defense was that bad. The run defense is great. It's not good. It's great. How many times did they stop Washington? On third and short. On third and short, a number of times. Every time the Huskies ran the ball on third and short, I said, thank you. Glad she did that. And every time they went to there, I thought, wow, that's another clean pocket for Michael Penix. Give some credit to the Washington offensive line, but defensive line, got to be better. You just got to be better. And the first drive was emblematic of what took place. The defense had a nice stretch there in the second quarter, right? It was a 13-10 game at the half, but then the floodgates opened for both the offenses. They made some adjustments, took shots down the field. Bennett Williams got burned twice for long touchdowns in the same game. And Jamal Hill didn't help him out. Like, those two, that long touchdown to Polk that Penix put right in his outstretched hands. I think it made it like 30, I don't know, when when we were going back and forth up and down the field with touchdowns. Jamal Hill came up. Bennett Williams got beat. And that is where we're feeling the loss of Verone McKinley. That is where we're feeling that. That play didn't happen a year ago. But it's happening back-to-back weeks. Because you don't have the continuity you need in that secondary. And you don't have the free safety. I like Brian Addison a lot. I thought Addison played pretty well in this game. Gonzo got beat a couple times. No, that was not an interception. There's no way that the officials were going to give us that ball because Gonzo tucked it down. Yeah, he was on the ground, but he did not have full possession. 
that was not going to go our way, even if they'd gone to review. Would I prefer they go and at least look at it? Yeah. But after I saw it, I thought, yeah, it's not going to go our way. I know that call at the end was frustrating, but I'm telling you, that's like number eight on the list of things that frustrate me about this game. That is that is so far down. Because I expect that. We've all been in the Pac-12 for how long now? Do you expect the officials to get better? Do you expect them to get calls right in critical moments? I don't. That's a given. What you have to do as a football team, if you're a good one, and this is really, really important. This is really important. If you're a good team and you've got bad officiating in your conference week in and week out, you put yourself in a position where they can't make a call that potentially influences the outcome of the game. I understand Camden Lewis might have had a chance. We would have been rushing the field goal unit on, but hey, maybe it happens. You never know. But that was certainly no guarantee. And I don't expect, and I can't expect the officials, because I've watched them for all these years, to just suddenly be better. The defense has to be, though. More thoughts on that side of the ball after I talk to you all about upside. Upside offsets inflated prices by giving you cash back on purchases. When and where do you use upside? How easy is the app to use? What are you going to do with all your cash back? Those are questions that you get to answer because inflation inflation has us all thinking about different ways to cut back. I'd love to cut back on Oregon's defensive passing yards allowed. Maybe upside could help you there. They could help you in a number of ways. It's really easy. Get started. Download the free upside app. Use my promo code lock. Get $5 or more cash pack cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code lock to start saving money and fighting inflation. Go check out upside today. That pass defense was just so hard to watch and just so frustrating. Here's here's what's frustrating to me. I imagine a number of you feel this way as well. When you recruit at a high level, you set your program up for a higher level of success. And Oregon has recruited at a high level. And they don't have an overabundance of NFL bodies on defense. But they've got some guys who are going to be at that level like Gonzo. And they've got some guys who are above average college players. That's the, that's the benefit of doing it. That's why you recruit good players. So that Dante Thornton goes in when Chase Code is down, he hauls in a long touchdown. thought Thornton was great today. He was open a couple of other times too. Bo Nix was jittery early in the game. We'll get to the offense later. It is maddening to watch the same... There's a scene in B-Movie, which is a great film, by the way. It's a great film. Jerry Seinfeld, Matthew Broderick. Where Jerry Seinfeld is a B is ramming his head into the glass. And because he's a B, he can't figure out how glass works. It's clear. Why can't I go through it? What's there? And he rams his head into the glass over and over. He goes, maybe this time, this time, this time, this time, this time. And then he touches and just goes, oh, that is diabolical. That's Oregon's third down defense. Third down and seven, third and 10, third and 14. Yeah, why don't we give him an eight-yard cushion, see what happens. Well, maybe this time it'll work, or this time, or this time, or this time. And I'm sitting here going, wait a minute. If you have, I understand Washington's got a great receiving core, but you know what they do really well? They get open in zone coverage. They made some contested catches, but you got to force them to do that. It is maddening to watch the same script play out on third down time and time and time and time and freaking time again. 
no pass rush, soft coverage, and a wide open receiver. How many receivers were wide open in this game? I lost count. How many of them on third down? I again lost count. There are so many issues on the back end of that defense. And look, Lanning stepped up to the podium, said this is 100% on me. That's what I want to hear from my head coach. Because some head coaches lose a game to a rival like this, punch a player, and get fired. That's how you know you've got a guy who, at the very least, is an adult in the room. So I think that just watching this defense is going to drive me insane if they can't figure it out. And we hear them talk about it. Third down and red area. Third down and red area. By the way, that swinging gate fumble on the three-yard line. What the hell was that, Dilly? Oh, my gosh. I was... Oosh. Ay, ay, ay. No, don't do that again. Just line up and run the football. I can't believe... That's got to be the first time Oregon's ever run for 300 yards and lost. There's no way we've ever run for 300 yards and lost a football game. There's no way that's happened. But I want to go back to the defense here. It's infuriating to recruit the caliber of athlete you need to be a conference champion, to go toe-to-toe with anybody in your league, and to sit in there and play soft zone and not be able to get a pass rush. It's infuriating. It's infuriating. There's there's no other way to feel about it. It is so... I mean, that opening drive was just a microcosm, a perfect representation of the things I've been talking about here on the show, those chickens, yeah, they came home to roost. You can get away with it against Colorado and Cal. Not Washington, not Utah, not Oregon State. And I thought there would be a bend but don't break component. But they got down in the red zone and they held a couple times. But they allowed the big plays. And that's what I was talking about with Oregon. Can you prevent the big plays? Can you get pressure? They didn't do either of those things. There was one other thing. Honestly, I forgot what it was. But I said if they could do two of the three, I'd feel good. They did not have those two things, and it wasn't close. But to see the third and longs just become first downs over and over, it's <laughs> there's this Family Guy scene where I love Family Guy. And there's this scene where Meg comes home from prison, and she's all tough. And she's establishing her dominance in the house. And she says, well, who's the toughest guy here? Peter raises his hand. And then Meg beats him up. And then she says, who's the funniest person here? And Peter again raises his hand. I'll save my family guy impressions for another day. It's not not the right time. But (laughs) as Meg is beating him up again, Chris says, for goodness sakes, Dad, have some humility. It'll save your life. That's how I feel. Like, I, f- I feel like we're just Peter right now. It's just third down defense. Just, yeah, here we go. Let's try the same thing again and see if we're going to get a different result. I, I It's it's mind-boggling. Like, we don't bring zero pressure and just let our corners cover. And then when even when we do have safeties, we still get beat over the top. Tosh Lupoy, Dan Lanning need to go to work on that unit because that that is... That is one of the worst defensive performances I have ever seen from the Ducks. Ever. I mean, that was that was that was abysmal. All right. I think I'm done with the defense. Nothing I can think of at the moment. If there's anything I missed, drop in the comments. I'll hit it below. Let's. Whoops. I stepped on my cord. Almost yanked my headset off. Let's let's talk offense. 
wasn't perfect, but it wasn't bad. Bonex was jittery early, but he got it going. The offensive line didn't have one of its better games, and it still had a really good game. <laughs> Ran for over 300 yards. I mean, come on. Bucky Irving's ridiculous. Noah Whittington's great. Didn't even see Sean Dollars in the running game in this one because those two were just so good. They, they did so many things right, and it is frustrating to see that they were not able to win. The offense played well enough to win. I don't care who you're playing in conference. If you are at home and you score 34 points, you better win the football game. And Oregon did not. They did not win the football game, and it wasn't because of their offense. Did I like the decision to go for I don't mind the onside kick, by the way. I really don't. Defense, here's the thing. And you know what? I'm going to defend the onside kick and going for it in your own territory. I just spent 15 to 16 minutes talking about how bad that defense was, save for one stretch in the second quarter. They were putrid. Are you going to rely on them to make the game-winning play? I don't mind the onside kick. Held them to a field goal. That's fine. They were going to move it down the field anyway. You go for it on fourth and short, deep in your own territory. Yeah, I'd like to have Bo Nix on the field. Get to that play call in a moment. But do I mind it? No. Noah Whittington slipped. Or maybe he picks up the first down and we aren't having this conversation. Quick, quick, quick side note here. Ty Thompson's in there, chance to go down the field, win the game, and the staff doesn't trust him to throw the football. That's where he's at. Back to the actual game. You ran for over 300 yards. It was, what was it, six, seven yards a carry? Let's see. Oregon ran the ball 6.1 yards per carry. Even with the injuries there on the offensive line. Where else are you going to go? Who are you going to rely on? I mean, you were running, you were doing to Washington what Georgia did to Oregon in week one there for a while. Let's just run it off, throw it out wide. No, they got no answer. Why wouldn't you rely on your offensive line? I I understand if you're saying, no, you should punt the ball. But I'm not going to come on here and rip Dan Lanning for going for it there. Because you had a chance to win the game with your offense rather than try and hold on to the game with your defense, which had been, checks notes, awful. It'd been awful. And one of my hopes, and this is kind of the culmination of the the letdown of this feeling that's kind of been building this year, was that landing in Lupoy schematically on defense would be better situationally than Tim DeRuiter was last year. Yeah, that hasn't happened. Better happen in the coming years, or the Ducks will not have a college football playoff season, which I don't need to tell of you is done for this year, unfortunately. But yeah, more more on the offense in uh, in a moment, specifically that play call there where Bonix ended ended up uh, getting hurt. This week's thrilling moment in college football. I don't know if there was a thrilling moment. Well, there were a couple. <laughs> uh, is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers and vehicles as capable as the driver themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, it has to be that gorgeous, beautiful, majestic throw 
from Bo Nix to Dante Thornton for, what was it, a 50-something yard touchdown. We'll get the numbers here just for the sake of being accurate. But it was a uh, 46-yarder. He laid it out beautifully. He took a shot. Dante Thornton, big-time play. Still has the potential to be a big-time receiver. Was part of that really, really thrilling. What a third quarter. It's 21-14, to 14, I think. Back and forth they went. And Oregon, unfortunately, just couldn't hold on to it. But that is the thrilling moment of the week, of which there were several. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. So Oregon is going on a drive reminiscent of Cal circa 2010 on the road, undefeated season on the line. And they used about seven and a half minutes of clock and they ran it out, took a knee. And Oregon was going down the field, just pounding it. Absolutely pounding the rock. And on third and five, you went back to the play that you scored a touchdown on earlier out of the same formation. And I didn't like the play call whatsoever. That's the worst play call that Dillingham had all night, except for that swinging gate Rush to 14J. That play call, it didn't end up coming back to hurt Oregon because they got a stop and then went down and scored a touchdown. And there's no guarantee that if Washington starts at the 25, had we just punched it in, that the Ducks get a three and out. And the same thing ensues. So didn't end up costing the Ducks there. But hated that play call because that package had been so unstoppable all season long. Why did you need to trick Washington about it? No one has stopped it, including the Huskies earlier in that game. And you're trying to get fancy and tricky with it? Line up the ball. Give it to Irving or Whittington or Jordan James. I don't know. I don't care. Run a sneak. You've been unstoppable, and they're trying to get cute. I hated that. Absolutely hated that. But on third down and five, the game on the line, you're up by four with about four minutes to go. Yeah, I didn't like that play call at all because you got to have more tricks in your bag if you're Kenny Dillingham. And... Look, if you want to call a running play, I'm not opposed to that. But you move the ball up and down the field with the running backs, and you took them out of that equation, and then unfortunately Bo Nix gets injured, and that ends up costing Oregon the game because Ty Thompson has to go in. And if Bo Nix comes back out with three minutes to go and the game tied at 34, we'll probably go down and win the game or have a chance at a game-winning field goal because in the entire second half, including the ensuing drive with less than a minute to go. When Bo Nix was on the field, he wasn't stopped. Like, that's another big bummer about this game. If Bo Nix doesn't get hurt there, yeah, Oregon probably wins. I can say that with confidence. I can't say with confidence that if that play is judged correctly with Franklin on the sideline, that Lewis comes through and bangs through a 42-yarder with, you know, scrambling the, the field goal unit on. I can't guarantee that. But I've got a pretty high confidence interval in 85-90% that Washington wasn't stopping the offense with Bo Nix on the field. And he got hurt. And he had to come out. And that sucks. A lot of things about this game suck. But I didn't like that play call. Not because it injured Bo Nix. That was an unfortunate byproduct. But because once they came out in that look, I was watching the game going, they're going to try it again. And Alex Cook, who's a really good safety for Washington, was ready for it. And he came down, he filled the hole, and made the tackle. I, I would have liked to have seen the Huskies show that they could have consistently stopped that run. 
But then again, defense, you're up seven. You're at home. You got a sold-out crowd. You've been hyping Husky Hate Week all week long. You got the home crowd behind you, and you just need one stop, and you allow a 50-something yard touchdown on third and seven? You can point to a call here on offense. You can point to play here, a judgment from the fit. You, you can do whatever you want, but I'm going back to what I started this show by saying. That game is 100% on the defense. It starts and ends there. Everything else, bleep happens over the course of the game. It does. It does. You didn't convert a third and five. You didn't get an onside kick. You slipped, handing the ball off. That stuff happens. But if Michael Penix had thrown for 350 yards in this game, instead of 400, Oregon wins. Do not look anywhere else. I know the officials missed the call, but again, there's no guarantee. And you don't. we don't want to be those sorts of fans that are saying, well, the officials did this. Yeah, the officials are bad for everybody. It's Pac-12. And just sports in general. It's a tough job, and a lot of them are just not very good at it. That's the way it is. Don't put yourself in a situation where they can determine whether your team gets another opportunity to win the game. That's the takeaway here. Be better defensively. Be better on third down. Stop allowing receivers to run wide open when you're sitting in seven and eight yard zones and creating absolutely no pressure. I would rather Oregon run cover zero every single play defensively than sit in more soft zone. I seriously would. I'm that tired of seeing it. It's really frustrating. Let's take a breath. I know it feels like everything is lost right now. Feels like all those eight wins just don't mean as much. Not true. Not true at ever. We don't need to be talking about firing coaches, retooling the stat, nothing like that. You lost a close game to a good team in a rivalry matchup. Take a breath. Is it going to hurt for a few days? Yeah, it will. Yeah, it will. Next time I talk to you here on the show, I'll be in Hawaii with my parents. It's going to sting over there, too. It's going to sting. But brighter days are ahead. There's still a Pac-12 championship and a Rose Bowl to play for this season. I like both of those things. I like both of those things for Dan Lanning and company in year one. I really do. Is it a bummer that the playoff is officially out of the conversation? Yeah, it is. Because it's nice to be up there. But if I told you before the year that with two regular season games to go, it would be win and get in to the Pac-12 championship game, I think we would have taken that. And it's important to keep perspective here. It's easy to get caught in the moment, to get frustrated. But I tell myself this when I'm golfing all the time. It applies here too. You want to ride the emotional wave because you get frustrated. You get motivated to bounce back. When things are going well, you start to boost your confidence. But you got to be here. You don't want to go up here. Just because you make a birdie on the fourth hole doesn't mean you're shooting 600 today. And just because you make, don't go here either. 
be here. Just because you make a bogey at the first doesn't mean you're about to bogey every single hole. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Assess what happened. Take some deep breaths. Lean on duck fans. And you know I'm always here to talk to you. Shoot me your questions. YouTube, Twitter, still answer them. Still doing shows all week. We'll just be live from Hawaii. All right? Okay. Good talk. Appreciate everyone listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And go Ducks.